everyone. Welcome once again to Round 3, the show where we tackle the pressing issues of life, like why do you never see the headline, Psychic Wins Lottery? I'm Steve Glosson, and glad to be along with you this week and today. And Derek, of course, is on vacation, as we've said. But we are thrilled and privileged to have President of the Student Council <laughs> of the Media Junkyard, Chris in Boston. Chris, welcome back to round three. Greetings and good tidings, Steve. <laughs> good tidings. Salutations. <laughs> How, how was your Tuesday, man? I missed you. It's been uh, about 48 hours since last we talked. Lost was awesome. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I think we can say that now. Uh, you know what? Derek doesn't like to do this. He'll probably edit this out. Pulling the curtain back, we record three shows a week on the Wednesday the week prior to them being released. So right now, we're a week out from anything. That's why we don't really do a lot of up-to-the-date stuff. So, <laughs> that's why we were talking about the late-night Conan debacle three weeks after it was over. So. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we're not here to talk about how we record. We're here to spin the wheel. Clickety, 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 clack. Hey, kind of sounds like the smoke monster. It, uh, <laughs> uh, number Topic number three, and my topic number three is, uh, are video games that never end worth playing? And this came, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have who this came from on the Twitter written down, um, but... <laughs> But what he means by that are like Pac-Man, Tetris, Donkey Kong. A lot of the older games, Bejeweled, um, those kind of games that never really, you know, you can just keep playing them as long as you can keep playing them until you run out of lives or die or whatever. Are those really worth playing, Chris, in Boston? Well, uh, not all of them. I think some of them are. I mean, the ones in parentheses pac-man and tetris are are you know, those games are, are age old you know they'll never they'll never die you can play any of those games forever some of those games out there that are very very repetitive i don't know i can do without a lot of them but i sure. just want to point out a game that i do have on my iphone mm-hmm. that i cannot get enough of there's actually two of them. i think they're sequels to each other okay um cartoon wars what is that Dude, it's awesome. And Cartoon Wars Episode Gunner. Now, the whole basis of the game is that you're a stick figure, okay? Nice. And you have, like, uh, these cartoon-like enemies coming at you, and you have to, like, clear it. It's like a tower defense game. You have to clear the enemies from taking out your tower, but you upgrade to these crazy weapons of, like, stick figure weapons and stuff. Oh, nice. And the game just goes and goes and goes and goes. There's really no end to it, but you can, you can like, max out your character and stuff. And I sit there in my office, and I'll just sit there and play, and the next thing I realize I haven't done anything, and it's, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I check the Twitter. <laughs> Hey guys, been been uh, been playing some cartoon wars. What's up with everyone else? And uh, come to find out, everyone's either doing that or works with friends, um, or or people are actually doing their jobs. Which yes, they, yes, they should have been doing in the first place. Uh, if I want to get anything done, I have to not have Twitter on at all. Yeah. Um. Or or I start, and it's amazing the mundane crap I'll read. The question should not be, are these video games worth playing? The question should be, is Twitter really worth reading? Um. You know, I can walk into a bowling alley or a pizzeria. Ooh, smells like pepper in this Uno pizzeria. I can, you know, I can walk into these places, and if there's a Miss Pac-Man machine, I, I'm going to spend 
two dollars and quarters. Oh, but you gotta play the ones that are like the tabletops. So. Oh, heck yeah, sir! Yeah, heck yeah! So that, that's why that's why you can take your because we had them at Papa Gino's, which is a pizzeria place up here in the Northeast. I don't know, I don't know if they're nationwide or not, but I never heard of it. No, all right. Well, anyways, Papa Gino's had the the, the tabletop Pac-Man, and I think it was also like a you could play Pac-Man or maybe like another game along with it. Probably like usually, Space Invaders. Yeah, usually Galaga is what Galaga. That's what it was. Yeah. I was gonna say R Type, but it's not R Type. It's Galaga. Same idea. But you could be out. You sit there and you throw those, you know, the sixty-four ounce pitcher of Coke or orange soda or whatever drink you were drinking, <laughs> and then you had the your cup pizza, holder. yeah, a cup holder, and you could put your pizza on the, on the cabinet top because there's that little section that wasn't covered by that wasn't part of the screen. Yep. But you put your hands down below and you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. And the real gamers could put their pizza in a fashion on the top of the table so they actually hang some of it off the edge so you can actually continue playing without hesitation, without put, taking your hands off the controller and consume your pizza while moving around. Yes, Pac- yes. I have uh, had some heated uh, Miss Pac-Man uh, contests or at, a, at a pizza joint near here, uh, a friend of mine and I. We used to – we'd go eat there about once a week and um, – and we would have to play three games because it was going to be a best two out of three, mm-hmm. and it was always either me or him would win the two out of three. You know, two to two to one. Like we never, it was never just a clean sweep on e- on anybody. It was, and uh, uh, I, I those type of games to me are the ones I can continuously play. In fact, there are a lot of games that actually have an ending that I'm like, no, nah, I don't care about getting to the ending. Hmm. <laughs> Take this out right now, and uh, we, go, we got a kill screen over here. Go. <laughs> hey, we got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. If anyone cares, <laughs> dude, is, is Edna there? No, I was just letting everybody know there's oh. a Donkey Kong kill screen. I, I got the same response that dude on that documentary got. By the way, <laughs> nobody gives a flying flip. Uh, <laughs> do you remember arcades? I mean, did you? Oh my god, do I remember arcades? I, I love the arcade. I mean. All right, I know um, one of the listeners, uh, Shuby, she actually grew up in the uh, same area, well, relatively same area where I grew up. She actually, I think she works with somebody I went to high school with, which is kind of small world. But in our area, we had the Holyoke Mall, which was this mall that was huge. Holyoke Mall, Batman. <laughs> Holyoke Mall. But in, in, in our world, it was the biggest place in the world. You know, to today's mall standards, it was probably like a postage stamp. But we had this arcade, and you'd love the name of it. It was called Just Fun. That was the name of this place, where if you could bring your report card from school, you would get a quarter or two quarters for every A. You get like a quarter for every B, like at the end of, of, of a semester or, or, a, or whatever they call them back in, in grade school. So you get like, they rewarded you for, for getting good grades. But anyways, we used to go to this arcade and they had all the great games. Like they had the old school duck hunt game like you see in Karate Kid when What's yeah, Your Name's yeah, playing it and yeah. he jumps up and whatever. And then, do you remember the old school punch out game that wasn't Little Mac, like from the Nintendo version, but it was this guy, and you it was all the same enemies, all the same guys mm-hmm. you had to box against, but you had your hands in like these controllers that were like boxing gloves, and you, you had to actually push them punched, up. yeah, and you actually punched, and but your character was actually like a green like holograph, yeah, heck yeah, like, yeah, that was like one of the best games ever. I don't know what happened to it. They replaced it with Little Mac from uh, Nintendo, and it's just <laughs> gone downhill from there. But anyways, yeah. I well, love the my thing is, is, is I get sad when I go to malls nowadays, and there might be like a tilt or, or uh, some type of what they call arcade, and it's all like the little ticket games. Oh, sure. And I'm like, come on, 
I'll I'll spend. There was an arcade in in Virginia when I lived in Virginia, and it had the big sit down Star Wars trilogy game. Oh, that's awesome! And and a friend of mine and I would go. We'd you know about every other Saturday we'd say let's go get a five spot and run to you know go to the arcade, and and he would play NBA jams, and I would play Star Wars, and 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 I mean, and I played the crap out of that thing, even even though I'd beaten it several times. I just couldn't get over. I couldn't get enough. I absolutely. And there are other games like that. I, I kind of. I'll get sucked into a good pinball machine sometimes. Sure. If I'm around a good pinball machine, but, but yeah, you know, I think those older games have their merit and have their place. Do you remember the Terminator Two arcade game? Yes, with the, like the Terminator head sitting there and like yeah, the middle of the, yeah, it was epic. That game was awesome. And and then not too long after that, it was like the same exact game. They just totally rebranded and reshelled it. And they made the Aerosmith Revolution game, yes, or Revolution yes. X or something like that. It was literally the same game as Terminator, but they put Steven Tyler's face on that T one thousand instead. <laughs> yes. Yes. And on that note, you spin me right round, baby, right round. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm totally geeking out right now. This you sure this isn't Geek Out Loud? I'm I'm positive. You need to come on Geek Out Loud sometime uh, well, though. I'll have to make that happen. And we land on number two, and topic number two is is reality TV dying? We had a lot of people uh when I put out a call for, for topic suggestions on the Twitter today, they 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 made some quips about reality TV. And uh, and so I just, you know, I took that and I said, is reality TV dying? No, it's procreating and multiplying like freaking gremlins, dude. Like, all right, granted, I don't think it's as, um, uh, I don't think there's as many good reality shows. Right. Because there was a period of time where reality shows are actually, you know, decent television. There's a few shows, like the original Real Worlds, like back when it was like Real World 1. Now they're like, what, 37 years into the making now. Do they but even like, still do Real Worlds? I don't know. Or is it just all no the idea. Real Worlds versus Road Rules stuff? Yeah, exactly. But back then, like right when it first came, you know, started hitting the, hitting the market, there's actually some pretty decent shows out there. Now there's just a ton of very not good shows out there. Agreed. I, you know, it's like living in a town like the one in which I live where there are a lot of people getting together who should not be making babies. <laughs> but you can't pass a law to make it stop. You should you know. you know what? They should totally have some type of exam, like a procreation exam. <laughs> we have to get a license to uh to have kids. Yeah, and that well and they should make a reality show of it and they probably will. Um as yeah, as there isn't already. My thing my thing is is I'm tired of real housewives. Uh, and I've never even watched these things. I'm just tired of the commercials for them. Um, you know, I'm I'm tired of of commercials for Survivor. I'm surprised people still watch that show. You know, um, American Idol. I'm way over American Idol. You know, it, it's like, here, yeah. I just I'm not I'm not yeah. all about it. And and I watch The Biggest Loser, and I sit there and think about how I, if I went on that show, though I may lose weight. I would be the most hated man in America because I want to slap people who cry because they're fat, mm. you know, and which I guess bringing that up, we could bring up the whole Kevin Smith debacle that's been going on this week. Oh, right. Yeah. But, um, you know, but, but I just, that was always my problem with the real world. The, I guess you'd say almost the originator of reality TV beyond like game shows, I guess, right. is, is this whole, I could never live in a house with those people because everything is a big deal. 
Yeah. And I just want to well, be like, get over yourself. You I'll know? tell you though. I mean, I think if if you go back, which I was, I would have to assume that the majority of the listeners to round three would probably not even recognize any of the cast members from Real World, Real World, the first one. Sure, sure. Real World, which, which was Real World New York. Um, that was awesome. Like that was some really good TV. And ever since then, it's just become kind of like. A formula. I mean, in every show, follows that formula. They have to have that one controversial person. They have to have the one who's really, you know, strong with their beliefs and religion. They have. They have to have one that's, um, you know, the businessman, or then they, they have to have like you typically have someone who's. You gotta you know, have the drama queen. You gotta have yeah, the gay or the lesbian. You yeah, gotta, exactly. Yeah. It's it's just a formula every yeah. single year. However, there is one blockbuster. Reality TV show that is breaking all the molds, Steve. What is that? The Jersey Shore. <laughs> I've not watched Jersey Shore. You got I can't, I can't bring myself to it's watch a show where a, a guy takes himself seriously, trick. calling his abs the situation. It's amazing. I just, it's awesome. I just can't bring myself to spend the time watching people because I get mad. Like where a lot of people find this stuff funny, I just get mad. I'm like, why has no one ever told them they're an idiot? Why has no one ever told this person that? Show. Uh, it's the same thing with the American Idol uh, uh, auditions. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's some funny crap in there, but at the same time, I'm just ticked off at these people's friends. I'm like, a real friend tells you you suck, that you can't <laughs> sing. You know, that's like if I got if I got bears hanging in the cave, you know, boogers up the nose. Tell me about it. Don't let me walk around looking like a fool. But sometimes when you got some of those train wrecks that come off just after they got didn't get their golden ticket and then, but it, you got it's funny if you see the people that some of their support people are, you got like the toothless wonder mom, yeah. you, you know, and she's like, <laughs> I know that shaman thing she's talking about. My 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 daughter sounds like an angel. Well, and, and it's it, totally not true. Well, and having and my brother, you know, he went and auditioned for American Idol a couple of years ago. And it was and it was real interesting as he was in Hollywood, he comes back from Hollywood, he made it out that way and he's like, you know, the thing is, he said they were following people certain people around with the cameras. So you kinda sure. knew who was gonna make it through. Sure, that was sure. a pre a predetermined situation. And um, you know, and and that's the thing. I, I just it, it's you if you have half a brain, you can see through what's going on. You know what oh, they're doing. Sure. So. Hey, and if you, if you, any of you guys out there, excuse me, here's my shameless plug. I learned this from you, Steve. Um, nice. If you're, if you are an American Idol fan and you want to hear more about the whole process of becoming a, of being a contestant on the show, uh, Media Junkyard, a few episodes back, I'd say three or four episodes ago, we did a, a, a lengthy interview with Nicole Frechette, who was yeah. uh, someone involved in the whole audition process. And she kind of uh, pulls back the curtain a bit and tells you a little bit how everything works. Yeah, so. it's, especially that first day when they're like at the big stadiums. Yeah, you know, and she talked to you guys about this. The fact that you go and you literally have like, you know, you might have fifteen seconds or you might have thirty seconds, depending on if they want right. to keep hearing you sing or not. Right. You know, and it's like these. It's it's such a weird. It's not a weird process, but intense process. Sure is. But yeah. then by the time and you literally are chosen within thirty seconds, and then when you go back, if you make it on to the next day, you know, to the next time at the hotel or whatever. Um, you sing in front of producers again before you ever see Simon and Paula or not Paula anymore, but you oh, know, sure. the judges and, and they have predetermined at that point who's going to make it through. 
Absolutely. It's it's like a multi-day over the span of like a month process too. I mean, they make, they make it, they cut it real nice and they make it look like it's all one day, you know, one day thing. But you look at the one in Boston, like that stadium, that's Gillette stadium, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, 45 minutes away from Boston. And it was pouring rain that day. And you'll notice once they, once they're in Boston, it's like 80 degrees and sunny. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and and that's stress on the people themselves. I don't know. I, I don't think reality TV is dying, but I wish it would. Fair enough. I really do. Uh, and now we come to our final uh, topic, and it has nothing to do with reality TV, but it does have to do with television. And it is this. The Lost, uh, they finally revealed the numbers. Uh, not necessarily what they mean, but why? But more, why are they there? What was the significance of the numbers on Lost? And this has been huge since season one. With Hurley's lottery tickets, with the hatch number being that, and, and with all the stuff that was centering around 4, 8, 15, what is it, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42? Well done, sir. Um, those were, they were finally revealed uh, as basically just Jacob had each of these people numbered. Mm-hmm. And, the one, and the last ones standing were number 4, number 8, number 15, number 16, number 23, and number 42 in his book. Yep. And, um, and, what did you think? I mean, what did you think of the reveal? I mean, was it was it disappointing? The reason I and, and I, the reason I brought this up is because I know you're a big Losty, sure. And uh, you know, I've just recently gotten on board and, and watched through the five seasons during the hiatus. But uh, you know, what did you have any theories about what those things would be? Were you disappointed by what came about? All right. Well, at first, I was in total like geek shock. Mm-hmm. When I saw, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my God, they're numbered!" It's you saw Saeed, and, and then you, you know, within three hours of the show airing, they got these high res screenshots. And the cool thing is that you know some of the names that were that were scratched out, or like Good Speed was on there, scratched out. Mm-hmm. Um, Troop was on there, which was he was part of uh, an alternate reality game um, with Lost. There, there's all, all the names that were scratched out that you could see were actually. Wow. Um, Legit names from yeah, the story, yeah. which is that was really cool. And I'm like, this is so cool. You know, the names are being mentioned, blah blah blah. And my, and my first gut reaction that like, this is awesome. And then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, I got 47 more questions now because of these numbers being revealed. <laughs> How's that for a number? Like seriously, okay, the numbers revealed. How did that get on the uh, the manifest for the part on the uh, the hatch door? How did that number? How did those numbers get put on the hatch door? How did that dude who was rambling in, in Hurley's uh, insane asylum? How did how did he hear those numbers? How did that happen? How did those become the numbers that need to be punched into the computer? What relevance do these numbers have to everything else other than being tied to a name? We're never going to find out. Right, right. They're never going to say that. They're going to leave that to be to, to you know to our own speculation, and that's going to drive me nuts. But you know what? Good on them because they've developed such a mechanism for this story. That they're not going to answer all the questions, yeah, and yeah. it's going to be one of those you know legacies of the show. So, Lost is such a an exercise in the examination of destiny, and, yeah. and what in in how much things are tied together. It's it's a it's also an, a, a, almost a, a study, not more than a character study. When I first began watching, I'm like, it's kind of like uh, I compared it to Chaucer's. Um, Oh my gosh! Why can I not remember the name of his poem? All the the Pilgrim poem. The uh, anyhow, the one with all the characters. I don't and, do poetry. Okay, well it's an old <laughs> it's an old English. It's a story, you know, epic poem kind of thing. And uh, and I cannot believe I cannot remember what it's called. What's his name? Geoffrey Chaucer. 
And, uh, Chaucer. Yeah, it, you learned it in freaking uh, English, man. Come on. I, I probably know what it is. I will. I will tell you right now. In in oh the Canterbury Tales. Can't thank you, Canterbury Tales. Oh, I totally know Chaucer. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. No, Jeff. <laughs> I was uh, no when it, when I first started watching the show, I was comparing it kind of to the Canterbury Tales. I'm like, this is just a character study and a bunch of different people who've been randomly thrown together. And then as the things progressed and you saw flashbacks and you saw how they were kind of connected, you know, you realize this is this is a story about destiny. This is a story about connections. And and so with the numbers, they could have gone one of two ways. They could have been um they could have been confusing in their over explanation of things, or they could have been elegant in the simplicity of the reveal. And I and I think that they were very I think it was very elegant in its simplicity. The fact that Jacob, this guy who is kind of the overseer and protector of this island, um, and who obviously had so much more influence on the things that happened and the things that occurred to people while on the island, uh, you know, and, and the people whose lives he touched directly or indirectly, that these things begin to slip into their subconscious and other things that were going on. That's cool. uh, and and so it's just so simple and so elegant that I was really, as I watched it, I was like, I can imagine where a lot of people are going to be calling BS, you know. And but for me, I was like, I buy this. I totally buy this. And mm. and well played, lost, well played. I love this show, man. It's a good show. I, I have to, you know, I, it took me a while to kind of get into it. What? Well, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of disappointed that I'm into it. I wanted that to be my one thing that I didn't jump on, you know? You wanted to be the so, lost curmudgeon. That's right. I did. I did. And I tried so hard. And I, and I stand by a lot of what I said and a lot of my criticisms about the show. I still stand by. Um, right. But that does not take away from my what, what has turned into a deep enjoyment of the show with all the head scratching and everything. I think I'm really enjoying these first few episodes because as many questions have been put forth, we're getting answers. You know, and and we're discovering things and understanding things and finding things out. And I said I tweeted uh, last night. I think Lost reminds me of Mist. And yes, <laughs> nice. With them climbing down in the cave, and there's a white stone and a black stone, and he throws climbing them down Jacob's ladder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, well, look at you, sir. Well played. Well oh, played. I, I gotta say one thing. Um, well, first of all, our good friend Joe. Spoiler alert, dude. <laughs> we could have totally just ruined all five seasons of Lost for Joe. Oh, no. Because uh, he's, he's about to start from the yeah, from the oh, pilot no. episode. we got to get a hold of him before this thing goes yeah, out. Yeah, I'll let him know. Don't listen to Wednesday's <laughs> round three. Don't listen to the third topic on Wednesday's round three. Um, but you'll notice on, the names on the wall. Uh, Quan was one of the names. Yeah, and, he's like, and he said, I don't, know, I don't know if it's Sun or Jin. I think it's, it's both. G, no, dude, it's G N G Yan or whatever the daughter's name is. Really? That's what I'm thinking. Huh. And you'll notice, you notice Austin's name wasn't on there either. So Kate's name wasn't one of the names on the on the wall. Hmm. So here's what I'm saying: Kate and Jack have a baby, and it's a boy. And that's Shepherd. And it's going to be Shepherd. And Shepherd and G Yan are going to be the Adam and Eve. Corpses that have been referenced throughout the like the last five seasons. Hmm. Do you know you know who they are? No. Way back in season one, when they first discovered the caves. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two decomposed bodies. One had white stones. The other had black stones. The whole white versus black. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm thinking that there's going to be some type of weird travel thing going on, and that's going to be Ji-Yun and... Kate and Jack's baby. Man, that's that's taking Boom. it back, man. That's a lost. That's taking it back. All right. Well, now that we've officially blown my mind, we're going to try to get it back together for Friday's Round 3. You can find us at round3show.com. Follow us on the Twitter at round3show uh, or email us round3show at gmail.com. Uh, Chris in Boston, would you like to tell them about your Twitterness? Yes, I am Chris in Boston. Or at Chris and Boston on, on Twitter. Twitter, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so, Media Junkyard, man, go if oh yeah, check Media Junkyard out. It's a fun ride every week. It's informative and enjoying. That's what people are telling me. So. Yeah, it's um, myself, Chris, Rob, and Robin are the uh, co-hosts and uh, of the Media Junkyard. It's a great show from TV to tech to nerds to movies, everything you can ever think about. We cover on the Media Junkyard, and you might just might find some people like big honka steve or derek or or even joe or some any random guests will might find their way into the junkyard because steve you never know what you're you gonna never find. Know what you find in the junkyard and you might just find a piece of your soul that's right all right www.mediajunkyard.com or there you go there you go all right well thanks everyone for joining us we'll see you on friday as we tackle uh split decision fridays as we as they are now officially going to be known as so we'll see you then This week is flying by. (laughs) (laughs) And an angel just farted. All right. All right. Graham Tracy, I tell you what.